my name is Dan Lewis. I'm your substitute minister for the evening. Uh, pastors are out of town, and, and so they've asked me to take over for tonight. My wife and I were missionaries for uh, several years in Mongolia and then in Hungary and Romania, Hungarian-speaking language, language-speaking areas. And uh, since we've moved back to the States, we've been teaching online. We teach on Skype. On Wednesdays, we basically do their midweek service for them. And about two years ago, the Lord dealt with me to start teaching on tithes and offerings. Now, these are people that have nothing. They live in houses that you wouldn't let your animals live in. And it's it's hard sometimes when you know that they have nothing to give to ask them to give something. And yet, I know what giving did for me. And so we started teaching about about the importance of giving and and uh, giving them the, the word of God, the scriptures. You know that that scripture is just as as real and important as your favorite scripture. But uh, sometimes we avoid the ones that make us a little uncomfortable. Um, and the first couple of weeks, they started staying away by the dozens. They didn't want to hear about that. But gradually, some of the people started to, to actually get take that revelation of what the Word of God was teaching them, put it to work in their lives, and their those who have got it, their lives are changing. And and the whole point is God is after our heart. He God has streets paved with gold. He doesn't really need a few dollars that we might have. What he needs and what he wants to work with is our hearts. Collecting that, I, I just uh, remind you that I am the, the guest minister, uh, the substitute, I guess. The and I remember when I was in school, I always felt sorry for the substitute teachers because when when we get a substitute teacher, now I never did this, but some of the kids were very rude and mean to the substitutes. They would. They would change their seating assignment in band. They would, they would get on somebody else's instrument. And, uh, don't any of you do that. So I, but when I, I started, I, I taught for over 20 years. And when I, after my last year of teaching, I did some substituting, but I, I substituted in the same district where I taught. I knew those kids' names and they couldn't get away with anything. That was, that was a big advantage. Uh, on my part. Um, last week, Pastor David was teaching about the importance of the Word of God. And and really, I, I don't think there's anything more important than for a believer to get the Word of God planted in his heart. And especially with, with the demonic attack that's, that's going on around the world today, uh, if we're going to survive and, and be above this, we need to know what the word is. We need to get that deposit made. And, uh, and so that, because if, if we don't, it's like going to the bank. If you haven't made a deposit, you can't make a withdrawal. And, and God needs us to, to get that deposit going so that we can be strong in time of, of, uh, when we need it. Um, there's a lot of confusion about what Jesus taught. 
Now, I'm not here, I'm not talking to you, but among some unbelievers, some people who are not born again, even some people who are born again but are, are floating on their uh, traditions and the things that they think they know about the Word of God, and, and you'll hear, in fact, you've heard for years now, uh, some people trying to say, well, Jesus taught love and acceptance. Love and acceptance. And that sounds, that sounds pretty biblical. Because Jesus is love. But that's not what he taught. Now, he is love. When, when the woman who was caught in adultery, uh, was, was confronted with these people and, and Jesus uh, said he was without sin, cast the first stone. And, and when he finally fa- made, uh, talked to her face to face, he said, where are your accusers? And she said, oh, they're not here. He said, well, I'm not accusing you either. Go your way and sin no more. So what, basically what Jesus taught more than anything else, he taught about the kingdom and he taught Repentance. Now, repentance is not the same thing as acceptance because people want, they, they say that Jesus is all about love and acceptance because they they want you to accept their lifestyle, which doesn't line up with the word of God. And, and so we need to understand what, what Jesus really was teaching. Jesus taught about the kingdom so much that the disciples thought, the kingdom is, Jesus is going to take over any time now. We're going to overthrow the Roman government. And, and they were even jockeying for positions to be close to Jesus in, in the kingdom. And one of the best examples is in uh, Mark chapter four. So let's, let's go to Mark chapter four. And I'm using, uh, New King James. And in Mark chapter four, in verse, the first verse, he says, And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Okay, keep going. Then he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, if he came for, if he was from where I came from, he'd probably say now, looky here, look at this. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed, sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, that's important, it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said to them in verse 9, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And for a long time, when I first started uh Studying this, I, I thought, what if odd thing for Jesus to say that he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because you look around and, and I can see ears on most of the people's heads here. I'm sure people watching are, are, have ears. What Jesus is saying is just because you have these 
things on the side of your head does not necessarily mean you heard what he said. And and I'm sure there were people there, just like there are people in churches all over the world today. They'll hear a good sermon, they'll go home and they'll be be talking to their friends as they're walking out. Oh, that was a really good service today. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was really good. You know, they they heard it, but they didn't hear it. It didn't it didn't enter into their heart, and that's what Jesus is after. Um, and we know they didn't understand it because the disciples didn't even understand it. In verse ten, it says, "When he was alone." Those around him with the twelve ask him about the parable. And, and, and Jesus took the time to explain to his disciples what would, what this, what he was talking about. And the good news is he will take the time with you today to explain what he was talking about if you'll take the time to listen to what he says. And if you go down to verse 13, he says to them, when they ask him about it, he says, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? In other words, there is something in this parable that is a key to how the kingdom of God operates. And that's, as I said, this is what Jesus taught more than anything else about the kingdom. And and so... uh if you look back in Genesis, the whole earth was created to function the same way that it still functions. In fact, in, in Genesis chapter 8, it says in verse 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. And I have good news. As I got out of the car to come in here tonight, I checked. And the earth is still here. So, you know, we might be in Florida right now and you can't tell a big difference between winter and summer. Uh, but, but there are still seasons and, and that will not change as long as the earth remains. Um, verse 14 says, as, as Jesus explains this to his disciples now, he says, the sower sows the word. This is about the Word of God. The Word is seed. And your words are seed. Now this, this could take us off into a whole different uh, area of teaching. I won't get into that tonight. But the, the words we speak are seeds and they're powerful. The problem most people have is that they're inconsistent with what, what they allow to come out of their mouth. Uh, and I don't have time to, to develop every one of these things, but there are a couple of things that I really want to uh, point out to you that I think are so important to us. Verse six, or verse 15 says, as he's, Jesus is explaining, says, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Think about how Satan Satan does that. The, the seed, the perfect seed of the Word of God was planted. And if I plant a seed, uh, take a little tree seed, for example, the size of my little finger, and, and maybe I can take it outside and plant it outside, 
and uh, I'll water it. But if I go out tomorrow, I can just reach down with one hand and pull that tree back out of the ground. But if I protect that tree, if I if I make sure it gets water and it's planted in a good place, and I, I maybe even put a little fence around it to keep the rabbits and the deer out of it, and I give that tree some time, give that tree five years, give it ten years, twenty years, now... I can't even get my arms around that tree. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna move that without a, a saw or a, some, some kind of heavy equipment. That's how seeds work. They, they don't, uh, they don't produce fruit overnight. So this is what Jesus is talking, how the kingdom of God works. Um, and it's important, we know the seed is sown in your heart. In your heart. In your heart is where the seed can produce. The heart is the soil. The seed, they all got the same seed. All four of those different soils got the same exact kind of seed. The Word of God is the perfect seed. But the the soil determines how much, if anything, that seed can produce. And, and so the soil where we plant is very important. When you're giving finances, when you're giving into an offering, uh, tithes or offerings, that make sure you're planting into good soil. I believe this is good soil for those that are, are giving into this, uh, into this ministry. Um, and then Jesus goes on and, and talks about, um, the seeds that are sown on stony ground and, and the seeds he, he talks about, uh, the ones on, among the thorns and, and the ones that, uh, are on, well, let's read some of this. Okay. Let, let's, uh, I don't want to rush too fast over this. Verse 17 says they have, uh, the stony ground ones. Verse 16. The ones likewise sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Let's look at that little tree that we planted out there. That's the way Satan, Satan operates. He knows that if that tree, that, that seed takes root and in your heart and starts to grow up, if he doesn't stop it, it's going to produce fruit and it's going to stymie his function in your life. And so that's why he comes immediately. And that's why sometimes people get in an argument on their way home from church, of all places, because they're, they don't understand. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here because that's, uh, this, this story is also, uh, in, in, uh, Matthew and in Luke. And so, uh, you can check those out too. But the, the seed is sown in your heart. Uh, verse 18 says, the ones among thorns are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Verse 20, these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, 
and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Matthew adds to that, uh, they understand the word. You not only hear it and receive it, you understand it. All four soils got the same perfect seed. And again, the soil produces how much that seed can produce. Uh, we were listening to Charles Capps the other night. I know he's passed, he's, he's gone on to be with the Lord, but you can still hear his teaching. And he was saying that, uh, the seed has dominion over the, over the soil. In other words, that seed, if, if the soil's good, that seed goes in. If you plant an apple seed, you're not going to grow watermelons. It's, it's amazing that what is in that seed contains everything that is needed to produce what that seed is supposed to produce. Now, Jesus was a good teacher. And, you know, I, I spent over 20 years of my life as a teacher. And one of the things you, you learn to do as you're teaching is to look at the faces of the people. And you can tell, even in church, Pastors are good at this usually. Even in church, just because somebody's nodding their head and saying, yes, amen, that doesn't necessarily mean they got what you're saying. So Jesus was, was looking at his, at his disciples and he had just used this example of the sower sowing the word and he's looking at him and he knows he needs to go further. They didn't, they didn't all get it. And, uh, so he's thinking of more examples, and he goes on, verse 21, uh, talks about the lamp. The lamp you set it on a lampstand. You don't, you don't hide it. He talks about, uh, n- nothing hidden. There's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And he also says, again, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We need to be hearing with our heart, with our spirit, to really Take in what, what the Word of God is trying to, to get across to us. He's talking about how the kingdom works. Okay, he looks at the faces and they're still not there. Okay, verse 26, he said, The kingdom of God is like a man scatters seed on the ground and he goes to bed and he wakes up and he, the seed grows. He doesn't know how, it just grows. It works. It's like the kingdom of God. And he's looking at their faces and it's still not penetrating. So he says, okay, what else? What, uh, what's another example that I can use? I know it's in verse 31. It's like a mustard seed. They'll get the mustard seed. The mustard seed is the littlest seed. It says, uh, it's when it's sown in the ground, it's smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and it becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Now, we don't want to get sidetracked by thinking seed is. What we need to, to look at is that seed, small as it is, has the potential to take over the whole garden. And, and that's what Jesus is saying here. It's, it may seem insignificant. It may seem like nothing, whether it's good seed or bad seed. Because sometimes we think, well, you know, I know I need to get the word in me, but 
Hey, what's five minutes going to do? I can't, I can't, uh, it's not worth it. It is worth it. It's, it's a seed. And the more you plant it, the, the more it will grow. And on, on the negative side, uh, you can, you can plant seeds of, of being, you know, telling a little lie, do a little cheating here, uh, little thing. That's not a big thing. It too has the potential to take over the garden of your life. And so we need to be very conscious of the seeds we plant with our mouth, with our relationships, with everything we do. Um, because if we, if we plant the right seed, that seed has the potential to take over and change our life. You know, think about a seed. I, I brought a few seeds with me. I, I always keep some of these in my, in my jacket pocket. Um, in other words, I wouldn't be wearing a jacket tonight because it's a little warm. But I have here an orange seed. I don't know if you can see that, but there's, there's an orange seed. Um, I have a few apple seeds in here. If I can get one out. Here, we'll do it this way. There. There's, there's apple seed. Um, they're so tiny. But, uh, you know, think about, especially this apple seed. That seed contains everything necessary to grow a tree. Now, I can't see a tree except through the eyes of faith by looking at this little tiny seed. But there is the potential, if I plant this seed in in the right soil, take care of it, water it, make sure it, it's protected, there's a, a tree can grow which will produce more apples with more seeds with that that we can plant and make more trees with more apples and more seeds. And I sometimes when I teach this, I say I, I often wonder where the great 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 grandpa of this seed came from, because this uh, you know this and this was a good apple too. I, I'd like to get some more of that. But uh, it's it's important that that I mean it's it's such a miracle to me the the seed that little tiny seed can produce a tree. I, we had apple trees on our on our property when I was growing up as a, as a kid. And, uh, you know, back then you never thought about it, but, but it is miraculous that that little tiny seed has everything in it. It's already pre-programmed to do what God built it to do. Um, the only thing any seed needs to produce is to find the right conditions. Now, one of the, I, I sometimes, uh, especially when we're, we're with our churches in in Romania, I'll hold up a little orange seed, and and I'll say, and, you know, because we talk about they they grow a lot of apples in the areas where we visit down there, but they don't grow any oranges. But everything produces after its kind. So I say, well, what if we plant this orange? tree out there, this orange seed out there, and we, we water it, we take care of it, what will we get? 
And somebody will say, orange. No, you won't get anything. Because oranges can't grow here. It's too, it's too cold. They have, they have some of the coldest winters in the world in one of the places we go there. Oranges are not, are not, you just don't grow oranges. Um, so we have to find even the seeds that we plant, the financial seeds, the, the fellowship or the, the relational seeds, everything we do is a seed of some kind. It's, it's how the whole kingdom of God operates. Um, Galatians 6 verse 7 says, don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, that is what he will reap. You don't, you don't plant a, a watermelon seed and, and get an apple tree. This, it's just, that's not the way it works. Every seed produces after its own kind. Financial seed produces financial harvest. What we sow, what we sow determines what our life produces. And if you don't like the harvest, if you don't like the, the direction your life is going, maybe it's time to check and see what we've been planting in our past. Because what we're experiencing now is, is a result of seeds that we've sown in the past. And see, seeds, as I said earlier, they don't, they don't spring up automatically. They don't, they don't take place overnight. So this, this thing that I did 15 years ago might show up now and I don't even connect what, what happened there. That's why it's so important that Jesus taught repentance. You know, Pray for a crop failure in those in those terrible seeds that you sowed when you were younger, and start planting the the right seed, the good seed of the word of God in your heart, and it will it will take over your seed your your life. And you know, just like that natural seed, God's word is is already pre-programmed to produce if the conditions, if your heart is right, all. All four of those soils that Jesus talked about in the parable of the sower, all four received the same perfect seed. But only one out of four produced anything. It's, it's the heart. That's why even when we receive the offering, the heart is so important. God looks at our heart and it's the heart that determines how much this seed will produce in our lives. Now, <clears throat> even as I'm teaching this, this is in a way a form of sowing. And, you know, the, uh, Satan doesn't want you to hear this, but he can't do anything about it. The only thing he can do is try to make your soil so that it doesn't receive the seed. And that's why Jesus talked about the, the wayside, the wayside would be like a hardened heart that that either you know you've been trampled on so much well I'm not going to do that again I won't let that person get close to my or not anybody close to my heart again or uh maybe it's it's just been well I've heard that before I don't you know I've I've taught mark for I don't know how many times and sometimes when we hear something that we think we know 
we kind of tune it out because I already know that. Don't do that. Because I've, every time I, uh, my ears just go up when I hear somebody teaching Mark chapter four. Because after all these years, I'm still learning something from it. There's still more. That's the way the word of God is. You can't exhaust the, the layers and layers of revelation that are available in there. So, um, I, I want to move on here because the, you know, Jesus has been teaching. He's been teaching about the way the kingdom works, how seeds work, how mostly about seeds. And then it says down in verse 35, it says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Pretty simple. Okay. And you probably know the story how, how Jesus got in the boat, went to sleep, and they, they encountered a storm, a terrible storm. Um, in fact, it says in verse 37, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern. The stern is Navy talk. That's Navy talk for he was in the back seat asleep. Okay. He was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, if you read King James, that's kind of what it says. It's not, maybe this is just me, but when I read King James, they go up and they, master, carest thou not that we perish? That's not the way it was. They were, they were panicking. Jesus, wake up! Don't you care? We're gonna die! We're gonna die! We're gonna die! That's, that's more like what they were experiencing. So Jesus got up. I know what I would, would have done, but Jesus was Jesus, and so he was more kind to them than I would have been. But Jesus, what did he do? It says, he rose, verse 39, and rebuked the wind. How do you rebuke something? You speak to it. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Well, you know, these are the guys that are around him all the time. And this is getting close to the end of his ministry. You would think that they would have a little bit of faith built up by now. But he says, why is it you have no faith? But he's been teaching about seeds. How seeds work. The seed's been planted. The seed is in there. But it has not had time in their lives to to put down roots and put up uh, branches and bear fruit. And so they they really weren't prepared for that storm to come up. But if you if you look at the lives of those men after Jesus was crucified and and risen from the dead, it was like they were different people. Peter especially. Man, he was he was he was a preacher after that. He was kind of 
I don't want to say bad things about Peter because I'm going to meet him someday and I want to, I want to be his friend. Because uh, I've said some dumb things that I wish I hadn't said. But uh, they were they were on fire. They they were all tortured and killed and would not deny the things that they had seen. It was it was real. It was real to them, and they would not. It would have been very easy to say, "Well, yeah, I guess maybe I didn't really see that." You know, no, they stuck to their to their story, and and they believed it, and they lived it, and so they just had not had time for that for that seed to bear the fruit that they wanted it to bear, and uh, and if the seed of the word is planted in your heart, it has the potential to change the direction of your life. And and I can say that because I know what it's done for my life. I was I was born and raised as a, a Mormon kid for 32 years of my life. I, I grew up in the Mormon church being taught that this was the only true church. All others are an abomination to God. Now, you don't have to be very smart not to mess around with something that's an abomination to God. So there's no point in even investigating something else. But thank God he, he helped me get into a, into a situation where I was around spirit-filled believers. And, and uh, there were some challenges, I'll tell you. But the, the seeds that were being planted then, it didn't come up overnight, my wife is going nuts for sure, you know, they, but the seeds, as, as you water the seed, you take care of the seed, you keep planting with more word, that seed, I'm, I am convinced that we are where we are today because of those seeds that were planted over 40 years ago. And, and the, the seed of the word of God has the potential now, potential is a big word. It's not automatic. You have to do your part. You have to prepare the soil for that seed to get in there and, and do what God pre-programmed that seed to do. And we need to be seed-minded. You know, there's a seed that will meet any need that we have but we have to dig for it. We have to, we have to find that seed. That's what faith is all about. You can't have faith beyond what the Word of God says you can do. But if you find out what it says, then you can stand on that and you can, you can be sure that this can be yours. Yes, I can have faith for that. So get the right seed, plant it, stay with it. That seed will grow. It's God's word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is good seed. And Lord, your, your seed, the seed of your word has been planted in hearts tonight. Father, thank you for, uh, what, what Jesus taught us in Mark chapter four. That uh, the power of seeds, the, the potential of seeds, and the importance of getting the seed of the Word of God planted in our hearts. We thank you for it, Father.
we we just give you the, all the honor and praise and glory in Jesus name. Amen.